Welcome to the Let the Stray Show, your one-stop destination for intriguing conversations with extraordinary individuals who are boldly navigating life outside the conventional norms. Our host, Scott Fullerton, is thrilled to embark on this journey of discovery with all of you. The Left a Straight Show, we believe that every person's story is unique, and it's our mission to showcase the diversity of human experiences. We bring you the untold stories of fascinating people who identify as LGBT plus and allies, pushing boundaries, breaking stereotypes, and making a positive impact in our communities. On this show, we bring you a diverse lineup of inspiring guests, from activists to artists, and entrepreneurs to entertainers, and everything in between. We dive deep into their personal journeys, discovering the pivotal moment that has shaped their lives and careers. You can expect thought-provoking discussions on a wide range of topics, from LGBTQ rights, social justice to arts, culture, mental health, and more. Our guests are change makers who share their insights, challenges, and triumphs, igniting conversation that promotes empathy, understanding, and love. So whether you're part of the LGBTQ community or an ally looking to expand your knowledge and show your support, the Left to Straight show is for you. Together, we can build bridges of understanding and acceptance, celebrating the beauty of what makes us all unique. So sit back, grab a drink, and get ready for the show. Well, hi there. Welcome back to the Left of Straight show. You know me as your host as always, Scott Fullerton. I'm always so grateful to bring you some great interviews with celebrities and personalities from the worlds of entertainment, foodies, books, music, and advocacy for our LGBTQ community and straight allies. Today, I'm so happy to bring back to the show the very handsome and talented Stuart Taylor's in studio with me today. An amazing singer and songwriter, dancer, actor, model. He's really done it all. It's been a hot minute or 12 since I last got to talk to Stuart on the air, but we remain social media friends. I was so excited about all the attention his latest single, Favorite X, has been generating the past couple of months. Stuart's always been a rising force in the LGBTQ music scene, but his latest release, his Favorite X, has really garnered a lot of attention it has a pointed exploration of love and heartbreak. However, it kind of sadly seems maybe a little self-inflicted. Stuart's journey has been on a much, on such a great journey with self-discovery as well, showcasing his fantastic talent, his journey from being a more quiet and sometimes bullied kid just outside of New York to slowly accepting and embracing his queerness. Stuart's story is creating more chapters every day, and I'm so happy to call him a friend. Please welcome Left to Straight Show, all the way from beautiful downtown Southern California. Mr. Stuart Taylor's here. How you doing, buddy? Hey, thanks for having me again. <laughs> I am so excited to have you. Like I said, it's been a hot minute. I think uh, you were on in May of 2020, and something was happening then. I don't remember what it was, but we didn't it's talk about it. Pandemic. <laughs> there you go. A little pandemic thing. Just a little I mean, bit. I don't know about you. You were uh, just releasing a single... When we talked last, you had another one on the works. I shut down because, of course, entertainment shut down. All your live venues shut down. Yeah. Pandemic. And it took me a good extra year to get my happy boat, happy butt motivated to get back on the air again. Were you able to kind of take that time and be productive and produce music? Or how did you go through, make it through that? Yes, I think I feel, well, obviously, we're all in the same boat. In, turn, in terms of just trying to like stay alive creatively and stay alive as artists. Right. 
And I honestly being sequestered to my room with my cat, my cat loved it. And I, I'm happy that I had um, a little buddy with me, but I definitely started doing right. FaceTime sessions and, and sessions over the phone because I needed to still write. And there was still that part of me that needed to collaborate with people. So I still wrote throughout the pandemic. And then I was able to do a couple music videos during the pandemic as well. And when things calmed yeah. down a little bit, um, but it was, it was definitely not the most fun time in the world. I think most people would agree. <laughs> I can imagine. I mean, you're a New York boy. You lived there for quite a while and from around the area. And we talked last time about going to Berkeley and how much fun yeah. Boston is and the old days at machine and all those other places. Yes. But, uh, <laughs> I was actually just talking to Machine yesterday being like, because he's one of my best friends and he got his name from Machine Nightclub, which we both used to perform at when we were in college. And I, I texted him and I was like, don't you miss the Boston days sometimes? And he's like, oh my God, I was just thinking this. And yeah, it's it's one of those places that will always be another home to me. Yeah, you actually introduced me to Z. I had him on the show after that and had him on a couple times since then. Another amazing right. singer-songwriter, of course. And you guys He's went fantastic. to Berkeley together. But uh, such fun, such a small world. I mean, I think we talked last time, too, that neither of us had ever made it to Provincetown. I still haven't made my happy butt there. Have you I made it yet? I haven't made it We're there yet. We're such losers. We're such bad gays. It's you know what? I mean, where, where are you located? I'm only in Northeast Ohio. It's only 10 hours from me. Only I have 10. a little less of an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> well, West Coast is, is still, the West Coast is still pretty far away. It's like a good 3,000 plus miles. So, I mean, exactly. it's okay. It, it'll happen eventually. One of these days we'll get there. I'm in, I'm in a new phase now. I'm embracing my bear phase and there's a bear week in Provincetown now. So I'm going to go Do for it. one of these days. It'll be fun. Yeah, you'll have a good and, time. I mean, you worked with such great people back then. Like I said, you introduced me to Z, and I love his music. You worked back with Charlie Puth, I remember, yeah. and Cara back then. Yeah. And since you've done some great writing for so many great people, do you still keep in touch with a lot of people from there? I mean, you're writing songs all the time for not just yourself. Yeah. No, I I still think my, my Berkeley crew out in California is still very strong. Um, nice. I, I, like the first week I moved to LA, I was in a session with people I had met at Berkeley, which was such a godsend to me because it was already such a, a crazy life situation, just a total 180 from living in New York. And I'd never even been to LA before when I moved here. I just, it was like that blind faith and, and just taking that next step in the dark. And so having my Berkeley community has been great, but then they've introduced me to other people that didn't go to Berkeley that are also great musicians. And sure. yeah, so I still work with a lot of those people um, and people that I've met through them. That's so cool. And it's, we're not airing this till the end of the month, but we're actually filming this on National Coming Out Day. You did a great entry into National Coming Out Day for the It Gets Better project. I mean, uh, what do you kind of, now that you've been able to look back on this career, being an out and open queer musician and everything, what is it about what you wrote back then? Is there, do you have any different feelings now? Or what kind of can you feel 
that you've grown since back then? Ah, it's so funny that you would ask that because yes, there's been so much growth in myself and in my life since I was a junior in high school writing that. Um, and I don't even think it came out until I was a senior in high school, but it was such an honor just to even be asked to be part of that book and to share my story because I, I was out at that time as a, a queer artist, queer teenager, and was still very much in the world of like dating girls and guys. And I've like slowly over the past decade, accepted the fact again that I'm a queer person who also is bisexual depending on the day you know but like it's it's so funny because there were there were moments where I was like oh maybe I'm not bi but then now I'm now I'm I'm not gonna say my age I'm 21 just kidding there you um, go. it's so funny coming back to it and reading that it's like I did know know who I was when I was 17 and I've come back to that now like I'm still I I basically call myself queer um because I feel like that doesn't put me in one box but there right. are days when I am interested in guys and girls and my sexuality is very fluid and it's in the past couple of years I've come back to that and saying that's okay and there are a lot of people in the gay community that like don't believe you when you say that you're on the spectrum sexually but it's like that's how it's always been for me since I was a kid and it's good to kind of re-embrace that so I am queer I am not in a box <laughs> and uh it's good to come back to that and accept who I am yeah, it makes sense. I mean, talking about coming out, I mean, we have to come out as queer people a jillion times, right? We come out to our friends, to our family, to our work friends, to yeah. our fellow artists and things like that. So we come out so many times. We're also coming out to ourselves because, like you said, we change, right? We have different tastes that change. So we got to kind of roll with it and do what's true to us. And I think that's the most important part of being queer, just being your true self. And that evolves and changes. You got to embrace that. So that's awesome. Yeah, no, it's good. It's I came back to the realization that I had when I was 17. It's so funny. Um, but I, I feel more comfortable in my skin now than I ever have. Maybe, maybe even more so, hopefully more so than when I was 17, because I was still <laughs> figuring it out. But, uh, you know, it's, if it's national coming out day today, let's celebrate that. <laughs> there you go. And I, you don't need to tell your age, my friend. You still look like the exact same way from what I remember you back at least five years ago. I mean, you have a picture of Dorian Gray hiding somewhere in some basement or attic hidden somewhere. I have the or, book. Or the God of Freddie Mercury is looking down upon you very nicely. Oh, and then I got <laughs> Prince over here, too. My, my two boys. Oh, there you go. Love both of those artists. Well, talk about your music and your inspiration. We talked a little bit back then. I mean, um, you've had these great songs, kind of a pop with a little rhythm and blues influence to them. You got a great sound to it. Um, <clears throat> what draws you to any particular type of music? Does the beat come first? Do the lyrics come first? How do you usually create? I'm usually a lyrics and melody kind of boy, for sure. I, I always have been, except um, when a producer just starts playing a track for me or starts sending me songs, and then I'll, I'll be like, oh, I could sing this over this, and then the melodies will come. Honestly, it's all over the map for me when it comes to writing songs. Like I, I literally wrote 
a song chorus in my dreams two weeks ago that I'm going to be pitching to an artist out here. And I was singing it in my dreams and I kept repeating the song over and over and over again until I woke up and had to sing it into my phone, into my voice notes. And then I went back to sleep and it ended up being really good. And so that's, that's something that happens. I'm singing and writing in my dreams. I might be just walking down the street and the melody for my first single mesh your hair up just came to me. And, um, that's the same thing that happened with favorite X. I was actually on the phone with my ex during a session and I was like, you know what? You're such a good guy. Like, thank you for being such a good friend all these years. You're, you're literally my favorite ex. And I went, and the light bulb went off in my head. I had to run out of my session, my, my like editing session and start singing into my, my phone after I got off the phone with him. And I was like, favorite X, favorite X. This is, this is something, this is something really good. And, uh, and then I just left it for a couple of weeks. And then I went into another session and finished it with some of my co-writers. So it's just those aha moments come to you and they're, they're like God moments. <laughs> right. And this one guy inspired two hit songs for you. That's kind of very cool, right? Yeah. He's a good guy. You start going for the warranty checks. You better look out, cover that cash. <laughs> <laughs> he's great. <laughs> well, I mean, and we'll talk about the song in a bit, but like I said, uh, mess your hair up. Was Sorry. Hank oh, was... what's the cat kitty's name? That's Hank the Tank. Hank, come here, baby. Come here. Come here. Okay, he'll he'll come into frame later. I'm sure he. I was gonna say if you could have your cat uh, not ignore you like every other cat in the world does, I would have been very impressed. Most oh. cats just you can call all you want and they'll decide when they want to come. Come on, baby. Come oh. Here. oh, good boy. Hey, okay, so Hank beautiful. Wants, Hank wants to be part of the interview now. This is his little spot. So. There we I go. I love that. How long have you had Hank? Uh, he's five years old now, and I've had him since he was three months old. He's a, wow. he's a good boy. He's a Siamese tuxedo, and he's very vocal. He plays fetch. Um, he loves dogs, which is crazy to me, but he loves them. And he likes other cats, too. So he's a good guy. I've never been a habit. I love pets of other people's, but I've never had one because I travel around too much. Are you able, uh, how are you able? I mean, cats take care of themselves a little better, of course, than dogs and other things. But do you ever uh, have trouble having to leave Hank behind? Yeah. So when I go home to New York to see family every Christmas, uh, I do have people watch him. Look at him. He's just chilling right over here. This is his little spot. <laughs> I love it. I love it, but I have uh, friends and neighbors that help me out because um, I'm only gone ever for maybe four or five days and cats are very independent, but I have a, a neighbor that comes over and hangs out with him every day and plays with him and he'll send me pictures. So oh, I'm very lucky that I have people that like Hank and want to hang out with him when I'm gone. Right. And you were talking about writing. You've written some great songs for so many great people. You have a sensibility, I think, that really applies to a lot of great female singers. I was looking at some people you sang to. I mean, how does that, how do you kind of get in that mindset for them or just the lyrics come and go to it? Or how, how do you kind of create for other people like that? Well, you know, I'm already a queen. So um, writing about <laughs> men and writing about the uh, human experience as an emotional person, I think it really resonates with female artists and 
you know, I love my guys and I love my girls and I have good relationships with both sexes, um, straight or gay. Right. But uh, I think me writing about my boyfriends or my ex-boyfriends, especially those songs translate really well to females when they kind of flip them and change the key um, because I make my songwriting pretty broad um, right. in terms of who I'm writing about. Um, doesn't really matter to me, but I want like a guy to be able to sing it. I want a girl to be able to sing it or non-binary, you never know. So I have a lot of songs that I just was writing from an honest place and writing from my heart. That's something that Carrie Aguardi nailed into my psyche when I started working with her when I was like 19, because I wasn't coming from an honest place with my writing. And um, she really challenged me to start doing that. And she kicked my ass, but in a good way as a songwriter. And I've just never looked back. I've always written my honest songs about my relationships and that I was able to get my first songwriting cut with a, a pop star in Europe named Antonia. And the song was called Lie I Tell Myself. And I sang background vocals on it, but it was all about my ex-boyfriend. So something's working. <laughs> there you go. Well, you talk about Kara. I mean, she was only on for such a short time in Idol, but I loved, she was one of my favorite advice givers. I mean, I thought she, she does have she knows the business, right? I mean, you've learned firsthand, I'm sure. Well, but she, she always seemed when she was on the show that she she knew what she was talking about and she gave some great advice to a couple of those contestants. She does because she was an A&R in the business for so long and songwriting with the big hit artists back then, like Christina and Pink and Carrie Underwood and Kelly Clarkson. And so she knows the business she knows artists and she always had really good advice for me and it was hard but i i wouldn't trade that experience for anything it was it was so fantastic and i i'm honestly happy for anyone that gets to work with her at berkeley in her songwriting class you have to audition to it to get in and it's very very cutthroat and scary but it's so worth it I bet. oh my goodness that's fantastic now talk about, I was, I was saying in the intro, you have about 8,000 hyphens next to your name, singer, songwriter, dancer, model, actor. Um, how much of a control freak are you when it comes to these things? When you create a song, do you have to, do you do the choreography for yourself? Do you have to do that? I mean, how much do you, hands-on, are you able to kind of hand it off to great people like you've worked with in the past? So... I guess you can say that I am a little bit of a control freak, um, but in a good way, I can share the, um, how do I say this? Oh my gosh. I can share the responsibility with other people. I'm not afraid to work with people that are more talented than me, that are better at certain things than I am. And I feel like if I bring my best to the table and I bring someone else's best to the table, God willing, um, then we can create something great together. So I work with, uh, you know, obviously great directors who I love and respect, like uh, Teo Krakalev, um, Benjamin Farron has done my last few videos, and he's incredible as well. Um, but I do kind of get behind the camera with them, and they they allow me to do that. Um, I do storyboard with them, and and basically plan out the whole video from start to finish with my collaborators. Same thing goes with co-writing. I love co-writing with people. I love writing with an incredible writer like Jillian Strauss, who co-wrote uh, Favorite X with me with Eric Frank. 
and bringing my producer Mads on on board as well. Like I love sharing that responsibility with people that I trust. So I'm still very hands on, but it's okay to to collaborate. And uh, yeah, I definitely am very, very, very uh, in touch with that creative side of myself when it comes to editing and and just being involved and hands on. I think that's important too, because it is your work. You're putting yourself out there, right? Yeah. So I think you really want to put your best foot in. Everybody's rooting for you, but nobody knows you like you know yourself, right? Yeah. And so you really want to make sure you have that final bit of authority. I mean, we talked in the past. I talked to you today off air. Do you have a stylist? You have such a sense of style. I've never Thank seen you, you without a killer jacket. I mean, your your amazing jacket repertoire, everything about a thousand different Letterman esque styles to just some. Freaking cool jackets. Do you I, style I, yourself? Do you go Melrose? How do you kind of choose these outfits? So um, I take very good uh, fashion, you know, fashion cues from Hank over here. I love black and white. <laughs> you can tell with the Freddie Mercury picture too. Look, he's coming back into the into the frame. Um, but also, I've started working with this German designer named Joseph Oren, who made this piece right here, nice. um, and he styled me for the entire Favorite X music video. And he had a bunch of his pieces in a showroom, literally 10 minutes from my place in LA. And I started just going in there. I found him on Pinterest because I was looking up cool jackets because I do have an obsession with jackets. I can never have enough. My entire closet is filled with so many different styles of jackets. I love performing in them. I love being in music videos in them. They're just, it's like putting on a cape for me or it's like putting maybe if i were like into wigs it'd be like putting on a cool wig um but even if i do put on a wig i still look like an 80s rock star or something or like a <laughs> 80s rocker and i like i have friends that put on a wig and they immediately look femme and look like a girl and i just look still like a guy with long hair but i feel like with my jackets it it is like putting on a cape and it's so stupid. My my best friend, Caitlin, is like, Stuart, you have enough jackets. And I'm like, no, I don't. <laughs> never have enough jackets. <laughs> you can never have, I mean, different style. I mean, you're hip, you're happening, you're you're stylish. My mother's the same. I'm like, God bless my mother. She's 80 years old. Mm -hmm. She has, I think our last count was 75 jackets. She just goes online, finds all these styles. She brings gets about two jackets a week coming to the house. Hey. Just every time I go over there, she has a packages of plenty. So <laughs> they never, she never looks bad though. I mean, Freddie Ford's look, she looks good going out, and you, I've never seen a bad look on you, my friends. So, oh, thank you. Good. Well, if you if you look good, you feel good, hopefully, and clearly, your mom and I are cut from the same cloth. We love our. We there love you our go. Exactly. We a lot of joy too. So, you know, <laughs> I would do it. <laughs> Well, let's get into the song. I mean, like I said, it's been just popping for a couple months now. You are so good at the tease and kind of bringing it out there. Um, I remember seeing the buildup for it about six or eight weeks ago for it. And it just delivered 150% to it. Talk you. And you talk about where it came from. So now we know the kind of inspiration. You're on a phone call with them. Um, but it's a personal story, right? I mean, I, I believe I heard you say it's like you left him, so it's not his fault. Nothing not bad fault. happened. You were getting ready to get yourself to L.A. and kind of move on to the next phase of your life. But then we yeah. always kind of have that aha moment. It's like, 
mm, did I want to do this or not? So how did that, how did that make you feel writing it? Oof. Well, I got to tell you, leaving one of the loves of my life to move to LA was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And it was so scary as an East Coast boy, as someone who had always lived on the East Coast my whole life. I lived in Connecticut. I lived in New York. I lived in Boston. And then I was just flying all the way across the country to follow this dream like blindly. And I'd just fallen in love with someone and been with him for like under a year. And it was so wonderful. And it really saved me in so many ways. But I, I had to follow my gut. I always knew that I was going to move to LA. And I was like, if I stay in New York any longer, I don't think I'm ever going to leave. And I was like, I need to do my dreams and my aspirations justice by trying out LA after all of these years. And it was so hard to leave. I was like crying on the airplane, like under my jacket. I was like trying to be quiet about it, but I was like in like also in the airport terminal crying. <laughs> the day I was leaving, the favorite ex took me to the airport. He was so supportive, but it was so sad. And I really, you know, for the next year, we even kind of did a long distance thing, which didn't end up working, but it was so difficult. I, oh gosh, I couldn't, I don't know if I could do that again. And the good thing is I got this song out of it when I found out he was dating someone new a couple years later and then he had a new boyfriend and I had had a new boyfriend in that interim as well um, that didn't work out. So we both have had to deal with watching the other person that we loved and still love date another person. And that's where this song was born. And I'm glad he called me that day and I got the song idea. Um, it's the same way I got the song idea for my first single, Mess Your Hair Up. He texted me when I was walk walking through Beverly Hills and he texted me a picture of him after getting a haircut and he looked so hot. And I was like, oh, I just want to jump on you and mess your hair up. And I was like, oh, that's a song. And so this guy's great. I love this guy. Give me all, give me all the songs forever and ever. Um, but I was even when I did end up meeting his new boyfriend when they came to visit LA because we have a lot of mutual friends. I wanted to be supportive and I wanted to um, be kind and welcome the new guy and, and just be, be the bigger person because so many people wanted me to be like, Oh, what do you think? You know, like, <laughs> are you angry? And I was like, I'm not angry. I brought this on myself. But that's where the song was really born. It's literally one of the most honest songs I've ever written. It's like right out, out of my journal, basically. It's 100% true. All of it has happened. And yeah, I would never steal my, my, uh, my ex from his new man. But um, it was fun to fantasize about it, obviously, in the song. But I would never do that. Of course. And we all write... Anyone that has an ex kind of walks that thin line of kind of stalking obsessive with it or just really genuinely happy, right? And just kind of trying to move on and hoping they're moving on happy and hoping you're yep. moving on happy. But I mean, it, it, it vacillates back and forth. There's times where it's like, wow, he, him and his ex or him and his new boyfriend are doing things that I always thought we'd be doing. And you kind of get that little twinge on occasion, right? It is. It's weird. I mean, they're they're not together anymore, and he's since started dating other people. But we're very honest with people, with each other at least, about what's going on in our love life. Like, I just love that all these years later, we're still good friends, and we can like cheer each other on. Um, 
even yesterday, he was going through something. I was like, well, you know, I love you and you're still my favorite ex and, you know, feel better, whatever you're going through. Um, so it's like, I want to be supportive. And I know he wants to be supportive of, of me too. It's like, we live over 3000 miles away from each other. I don't come to New York very often because I'm working so much in LA. So right. we both accepted that and we're cheering each other on and we're still good friends. That's, that's all I can do. And that's all he can do. That's awesome. And you also got to keep your power, though, too. I mean, it's great that he's inspiring all this, but this is your words, your song, your feelings, right? I mean, yes. I don't think uh, Taylor Swift never told John Mayer, guess what's coming? I mean, it's not, none of their business really either. It's nice that you're able to talk to him about it and get this inspiration and be able to talk about it after the fact, though. It's got to be kind of a little extra bonus. Yeah, there are some guys that I'm just like, that screwed me over. And I was like, well, I'm writing a song about this. So, you know. <laughs> And I guess you'll find out later, maybe. Um, and then there are other guys where I'm like, oh, yeah, I wrote this song about you after the fact. I really want you to hear this. It's special. Um, and I, I don't know. I'm still most of my exes. Maybe we're not all super close, but I love to still be able to say, hi, how are you? Hope you're doing well. What are you up to? Because if you spend that much time with someone and they get to know you inside and out, it seems like a shame to not be able to even talk to them one day. And that's kind of where I'm yeah, at. I mean, it's, even if it's a tough breakup, if there's if there's something kind of hinky that went on behind the scenes, that's a whole different story. But when yeah. you really had some love for someone, but you're both growing as a person, you can't hold that against the other person. It's great to kind of be able to try to maintain that friendship as best we can. Yeah. Sometimes we're successful with it, and sometimes we're not. <laughs> um, I got to talk about the music video for it, though. Visually, it's just stunning. The production value... I mean, I'm an L.A. kid at heart. I still I was born and raised in Southern California, so I can tell uh, Leo Carrillo and Zuma and Point Doom. So yeah. I love the beach. I couldn't tell the desert. It kind of looked like salt and sea a little bit. But just the gorgeous thoughts and the use of a drone just brings that production value so much up. Congratulations on an amazing video. Thank you. I had a lot of fun making it. And it was also some days it was a two day shoot and we shot at Leo Creo Beach, but we also shot at El Matador Beach as well. It was a mix of two different beaches. Um, and I believe El Matador. No, I think Leo Carrillo was where they shot Greece, the opening. I'm pretty sure that's where that was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. Yeah, by the caves there. I think you're right. Yeah, and I remember that. I was just watching The Craft the other day with Feruza Bach, and they shot in the same cave there as well that I did the intro of the music video in. And I had no idea while I was filming, but I, I went through the cave being like, I feel like there's like a lot of Hollywood history here. This I'm feeling some intense energy right now. And then I got home and found out that it was true. <laughs> and um, we did use drones for both days with my director, Benjamin Farron and I, for all of those ocean shots that I, I just, when I was thinking about what I wanted for the video, I wanted to show myself as like a character almost of myself like a lonely prince walking through the desert and walking through paradise alone because i chose career over love so i'm surrounded by this beautiful landscape right. with no one to share it with so i was like i don't want anyone else in the music video all of my mu music videos have me with dancers dancing around me which is fun but i was like this is just going to be about the story the fashion and the scenery and um and that was actually really nice to switch it up and just rely on 
telling the story and singing that and not having it be all about dancing, even though I have to throw a little dancing in there because I love to dance. Um, and then the second day was actually in the Mojave Desert. So that was oh, okay. in, a, in a Mojave Desert called Coyote Lake. And I had seen pictures of it for over a year that my director had taken. And I was like, we need to film there. We need to film there. So that was about three hours outside of Los Angeles. And it was over 100 degrees outside. And I'm fully clothed mm -hmm. and doing choreography. And I was there for hours. <laughs> so I would do like several takes. And then my director would drive back to me because he'd have to drive away and send the drone out oh. to film me from above okay. to make it look like I was all alone in the desert. And then I'd have to call him a couple minutes or 15 minutes later and be like, you need to come get me. I'm going to pass out. Like legitimately, I thought I was going to pass out. It was, it was freaky. Cause once you're in that. That's crazy. Desert, oh my goodness. Yeah. Once you're <laughs> in that desert, man, there's, there's no escaping that heat except maybe like for two minutes when you get in your PA's car and like put the AC on your face and then run out and keep doing takes. So it was, it was a lot of, a lot of, uh, crazy filming conditions, but it was fun. That's awesome. I didn't even think about that because I can remember the long sweeping shots, especially over the ocean. And it, it was really panned out pretty far in the desert. So I guess he would have had to get a little happy butt out of there. That's true. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. He's like, okay, I'm dropping you off. And me and the crew are <laughs> driving away. And I was like, okay, bye. And then I'm like waiting for the drone and I I'm playing the song from my pocket in my phone. And I'm just like, all right, let's, Let's start dancing. Come on. Yeah, that's <laughs> funny. Better you than I. I'm such a, I'm so bad at those things where I'd be looking for snakes and tarantulas and scorpions the entire time and not be able to concentrate on the job at hand. It was so dry. I didn't see anything living out there <laughs> except for the flies that came out at the very end of the shoot. Thank God it was only at the end of the shoot. <laughs> there you go. Well, you talk about just wanting to be the costume and the scenery. Also, a lot of symbolism. I mean, I love the the chandelier. I love the white flowers. I love the hourglass. Let's so see. those kind of had to have some meaning behind them as well, right? Hold on. Let me grab this. This is actually right under my table. I got this hourglass. Love that. I got it on eBay. And I really? saw it. I was actually watching it for several months as I was putting the pieces together for my video. And I just thought it was so beautiful and it's a vintage piece. And um, yeah, so finally, when I was re really ready to shoot the video, I, I bought it off eBay and I was like, do I really need this? And I was like, no, I need this. I want this in the desert shots. And I'm so glad that we, that we incorporated that. And then for, the chandelier on the desert floor. I actually bought that online as well. And I built the whole thing myself. So yeah, I mean, my cat wasn't going to build it for me, you know, like I, <laughs> and uh, sorry, I'm still hoarse. I'm getting over laryngitis. So that's why my voice is really deep right now, but I'm doing okay. I'm pulling out. Um, but yeah, having all of those, um, having all of those symbols incorporated was just a fun way to, switch up the music video vibe you know like i don't i don't ever want it to just be one thing i like to say like oh it's the end of the party it's the end of the romance let's take a a cue from the great gatsby and f scott fitzgerald and which who i love i love his books i always have and having mm -hmm. a chandelier 
on the desert floor really to me symbolized the end of the romance like it's over party's over man love symbolism that's so awesome well we're teasing it too much let's take a quick break and let the listeners uh and the viewers kind of watch the video for it okay this is um favorite x i i love this song i love the video we're gonna play this with my special guest today we have in the house and uh, we'll be back to talk about the other side. You'll see the Left of Straight show right here in the Left of Straight radio network. When I look at that body, when he's kissing your neck. I get a little bit jealous, but I'm the one who left. No, it's been a few years now, and you moved on. Guess I want what I can, and I want you back. Ooh, I remember the times holding you like we had all this time. It's all good, but baby, I think that you should know that. Baby, I wish that we could go back. Cause you've always been my favorite ex The kind of love you can't forget, yeah And I know that you're not mine But I wanna cross the line You've always been my favorite ex, oh yeah I don't want no drama with your new man But we got that chemistry he don't understand my mom still loves you, so do all of my friends Can't help but wonder, don't you love me again? Ooh, I remember the times holding you Like we had all this time, it's all good But baby, I think that you should know that Baby, I wish that we could go back Cause you've always been my guest today Stuart taylor's here with me that was his amazing music video like i said we teased about it beforehand just the symbolism the long sweeping shots well on you my friend that's amazing thank you. thank you it's it's definitely it was a labor of love it took a long time to put together but i'm very very proud of it and i'm happy you like it 
Well, and you do so well. I mean, I just had Jim Ferraros on the other day from American Idol, and he's had his new song. He's doing new music again. But he's done the same thing. He created three remix versions for the UK. You got a couple of really cool remixes out of this. Your song just relates that well so much. Your TikTok dance for it is so much fun. You are just great at repurposing and repackaging the songs. Do you think of those as you're creating them, or do they just come to you afterwards? How do you get these creative ideas? I, I think about the release way before I even release the song. And um, it's hard to get people to listen to new music. And it's so much harder when you're an indie artist and people don't necessarily know who you are, except maybe your main fan base. And so I reached out to a couple different remixers. There's DJ Mental from Romania. And so he right. did the latest remix with Scott Storch. Um, who I have Scott Storch's song Fighter with Christina Aguilera tattooed on my arm. So that's one of my favorite songs of all time. Um, I'm like, where's my Christina Aguilera autograph? It's somewhere. <laughs> uh, but it was so great to get to work with people like that, that I've listened to since I was a little kid. And so Scott Storch is introducing me on the remix. So that kind of gives it new life. Um, and it will also be played throughout more places in Europe because of that. Um, and then with DJ Hector Fonseca, um, or Seska, I always say his name wrong, but Hector, I love you. Um, he did the first big club, like deep house remix of it. So he's gotten that one played in clubs in Miami, in London, in LA, in New York, and all these dance floors that I haven't been played in yet. So I tried to get more creative this time around with this release with just collaborating and working with more DJs so that the song can be heard by more people because I sure as hell wouldn't have gotten it played in London by myself <laughs> unless someone really nice decided to play it for me. Um, <laughs> now DJs are actually reaching out and we're giving away singles for free so that DJs will play it. And uh, nice. for TikTok, I mean, I already had a dance choreographed with my choreographer, Julie Vegliante. Um, that's another person I love to collaborate with. And I give her the dancing, uh, the dancing gloves, basically, I'm, or the dancing shoes. I'm like, you, you come up with it. That's one thing where I'm not so much of a control freak about it. Um, I'll, I'll tell her, she knows what styles I like. I'll, I'll throw some moves in here and there and say, oh, I don't like that one. Or I love this one. But mostly I give her just free reign with the dancing. Um, but yeah, doing TikTok videos, that's so important now. Like people are discovering me on TikTok now. And I had my first TikTok fan actually approach me a couple of weeks ago in West Hollywood. And he's, he's like, I'm from Texas. Nice. And are you the guy on TikTok? And he pulls out my TikTok. And I was like, holy crap, this thing works. <laughs> awesome. I love yeah. that. I just think you have to be, I mean, a lot of people in businesses, be it arts, be it music, don't have that business background and don't realize it's really a business. If you want to be successful, you have to think of these things. You have to think about promotion afterwards. You got to think about working with other artists. And I just love that you're so smart about it because you have the talent, obviously, in spades. But it's just so nice to see the thinking of it and doing the different stuff. So congratulations on that. Thank you. That's amazing. Well, what do we have coming up? I mean, you kind of teased the last couple of weeks. You you have some ideas going on. Um, this is coming out near the end of October. 
Do we have something maybe happening soon or what can you tease for us? Yes. So by the time this interview comes out, I'll probably be teasing my next single, which I'm going to tell you the name right now. It's called Nightmares. And even though it's called Nightmares, it's actually a love song about someone taking the nightmares away. Um, And it's another really, really personal song that I that I love and I've been actually holding on to for a couple years now uh, and I'm ready to release. But we have a new video for that as well that I did with Benjamin Farron as director. Um, And I'm so proud of it. So if you like Favorite X, I think you're going to love Nightmares. So that's coming out soon. Nice. Congratulations. I can't wait for that. That'll be so cool. Well, talk about, I mean, give everyone your website where they can find everything. Let everyone know your social media, where they can find you. And how can they just follow along? I mean, I'm sure the music is available everywhere, as it always Um, is. um, So the new video for Favorite X is on Vivo. It's also on YouTube. And uh, you can find me on StuartTaylorOfficial.com. I'm Stuart Taylor pretty much all across all social media platforms, TikTok and Instagram as well. But uh, I'm pretty good at posting what's going on. Even if I'm just posting my cat, Hank, um, you can stay, you can stay in touch with me. Nice. <laughs> stay in touch with Hank. He's a cool guy. I love there you. There you Hank. go. <laughs> he just doesn't respond very quickly, but he'll, he reads all the messages, right? He's on the floor right now. Don't, don't Aww. mind my laundry over here. I love, <laughs> Hank. I love that. That's so awesome. Well, Stuart Taylor, I'm not going to wait so long to have you back on. Congratulations on all the success, my friend, and uh, keep it coming. I'm so happy for you. Thank you, buddy. Thank you for having me again. Stay on the line for me. We're going to play a little five questions with Stuart. Be sure to look for that next Tuesday. Have a little fun and go through that. Be sure to get this single, Don't Be a Cheap-Ass Bastard. Download it. Pay for it. Get that too. Listen to it. Watch it on YouTube. It is gorgeous. But download the song, put it in your playlist, share it with your friends. It's always good to help our fellow artists out. Thanks for being part of the Left to Straight show. We love bringing you interviews every Thursday and Friday. We'll see you next week. Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Left of Straight show. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast distributor. And please give us a five-star rating so more listeners can find us. You can follow us on social media and be sure to check out our website, www.leftofstraightradio.com for contests and other news and information. See you next week.